We've made it, Lexi. We've made it. We're the hosts with the most. We're reviewing a movie right now. Yes, we're, remo- no. we're re- reviewing cinema. Cinema. Something that was shown on a movie theater screen, mm-hmm. maybe, I presume. Yes, yes. Uh, people bought tickets and went to theaters to see this one. And so... They had popcorns and candies they, they and had, and. And uh, big glasses of wine, presumably. Yes. To make this to make this make sense. <laughs> Maybe the very very fancy ones. Well, I'm very very fancy this evening, Lexi, because we are. This is our first movie we've ever done, which means this is this is the podcast, Big Lee. Mm-hmm. We've made it. Join me in the sun, Lexi. Take a seat. I I'm basking. I am sitting. I am. My hair is very shiny. Because it's very shiny, of course. Because that's my what, mustache. What my hair fluttering does. in the breeze. <laughs> it's a beautiful day on Mars. I guess. I guess the whole movie takes place on Mars. It does take place on Mars. Um, you said that we should. Well, first, welcome to a very special study in Sakuka. I am the anime Sherlock, Lexi, and I am your anime Watson. Hold Today, we're going to the movies. We're at the movies. We're already in our seats. Did you uh-huh. buy your popcorn? I hope you did. Well, of course. I always buy popcorn when I go to the movies. They say it's a scam. You know it's more... It costs more per ounce than caviar does. <laughs> That's true. That's not a fact I made up. That's a real fact. I did not know this. Yeah. That's how they make their bread and butter. Ha. Ha <laughs> ha. Everybody knows this, but I'm just saying to a microphone, just so we're all on the same page, you and I, listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies, the movie theater doesn't make money off movies. They make money off concessions. Yes. So that's why you have to uh, buy a big old bowl of popcorn at your local cinema. Yes. The big change, fuck them. Sneak it in. Pop your own popcorn at home. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Make <laughs> make the tickets for the Batman more expensive? Yes, yes, they will th- do they'll that. They'll do also. that. They're going to do that. They they are going to do that. Um, I need to see that one. <laughs> well, as long as we're talking about big movies coming out, I feel like I want to get to Cowboy Bebop hmm. the movie, knocking on heaven's door. Um, but the elephant in the room—we've already mentioned it. Let's just get it out of the way. A movie that we're all really excited about. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Two is coming out pretty soon. Well, this is ex- this that... is exciting for me because uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was almost the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID. It was it was my last movie before COVID. Now I have gone since uh, to the movies. It, I've I've broken the seal on movies post pandemic after I got all I got my jabs, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, boy, there was just a, a full year of my life where the last movie I saw in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Strange times to be alive. So I'm really excited about this one. Jim Carrey's back, uh, better than ever. Um, he's really excited about this role. Yes, 
He is. And I don't understand why he is, but I'm just delighted that he's so happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Idris Elba in this one. Mm-hmm. He plays the titular uh, Knuckles. Yes. Is Knuckles in the title? I don't. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Should, I don't feel like it they is. They should like have it. called it uh, Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles, yeah. right? It's right there. Yeah. I guess that the the logo, as I'm looking at it, has like a tails thing. They were really emphasizing the tails very early in the like PR run, but once Knuckles was revealed, they pivoted to more Knuckles content. <laughs> Sorry, I googled Sonic the Hedgehog and I immediately regret it. <laughs> It was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 even, and no, it was still, it was still furry porn, sorry. <laughs> you really uh, gotta turn your safe search on. I, it is on! It's not See, explicit, but it, that's what it okay, is. Holden, that's what this is. I, I'm just going to, uh, double check this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I just need to be sure. Just Google Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Yeah, this is all this is all like Okay, I have my ads bar up at the top. That's where I ran into trouble. This is not getting that. N- no. Yeah, I no. I'm well, you can on buy an original <laughs> I'm on you can, images you can buy... and this is fine. This is this is just normal pictures of Okay, well Sonic my ads my ads my ads bar up at the top got me into trouble. You can buy an original Amy Rose from Sonic the Hedgehog 6-inch sticker that's pretty suggestive okay. on uh, eBay, ebay.com. Okay. If you were if you were looking into that. Um Boy, this was supposed to be a short bit and we really got lost in the weeds on it, huh? Yeah. There's just a lot to say about Sonic the Hedgehog and his friend Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird is that they got Idris Elba to do Knuckles, but they got the voice actor for Tails to voice Tails. Yeah, that is weird. I think it's just because um, the voice actor for Tails is famous and the voice actor for the original Knuckles wasn't. You know? It's fair. It's fair. I, I mean, I don't agree as someone who has... Uh, played through both Sonic adventures, mm-hmm. but what do I know? Yeah. You know, unlike Sonic, he doesn't chuckle. <laughs> I do know this about him. Alright, well, as long as, as long as we got that out of the way about Sonic, we just had to address the, the elephant in the room about, you know, the big movie, mm-hmm. the big sort of touchstone for a lot of our podcasts is coming out soon. <laughs> So, you know, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Everyone's going to be asking, what are the study in Sakaga uh, people going to say about Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Well, no, you don't have to wonder no more. Yeah, wonder no more. <laughs> um, so we watched Cowboy Bebop the movie, a.k.a. Knocking on Heaven's Door. Um, which was I, uh... the title. They they didn't put the movie in the title in the ja- in the Japanese release. It was just Cowboy Bebop knocking on Heaven's Door. I think that they were ahead of the curve on the whole subtitles game. Yeah, they really are. It better than Sonic. I'm sorry, I've got Sonic on the brain now. Better than Cowboy Bebop the movie, right? Mm. You know, like yeah. <sighs> um. Well. We have a we have a little bit of different format uh, tonight. Knowing us, Lexi, I thought that th- it would 
maybe be a good idea for me to just say a quick synopsis of the movie mm-hmm. instead of going through it beat by beat because this movie is oh shy of two hours i think yeah yeah it's it's uh a little under two one one hours. hour and 54 minutes yeah, just nearly 55 just a bit so knowing us that'll take us a four hours to get through. yeah nobody wants to listen to a four-hour podcast unless um unless it's me i actually unless, i really like that i was gonna say unless it's unless it's about uh unless dan carlin is talking to me about military strategy in the south pacific i guess but uh that's my that's my curse i i'm the i'm and, the person who will listen to four hours of just about anything I, I can and will listen to four hours of people talk about a single X-Men character. Hmm. And you know what? H-Bomber guy tricked me recently into listening to a, a three-hour documentary over a game that he thought was just fine. Yeah, just, just, okay. just okay. So, you know what? I guess I'll just do anything. I'm just... I'm just shiny and dumb. Just point me into the into your uh, video essay and I'll just sit through the whole fucking thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to do that to you, dear listener, because we respect your time. So I'm just going to I'm going to say a brief synopsis and then uh, we can just go into it from there. What do you think? Lexi? That sounds good to me. OK, this is straight from IMDb. This is the IMDb synopsis. And if we don't like this, we can get a different. All one. right. The year is 2070. OK, um, hold up. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do the voice the whole time? I was. Is that distracting? Do you want me to just do it regularly? I feel. I feel like you doing the voice the whole time would uh, maybe extend it a little bit. Okay, you know what? Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go from the top. The year is 2071. Following a terrorist bombing, a deadly virus is released on the populace of Mars, and the government has issued a three million Wulong reward, the largest bounty in history, for the capture of whoever is behind it. The bounty hunter crew of the spaceship Bebop, Spike, Faye, Jet, and Ed, I guess Ed's on this too, uh, take the case with the hopes of cashing in the bounty. However, the mysterious, the mystery surrounding the man responsible, Vincent, goes deeper than they ever imagined, and they aren't the only ones hunting him. The original creators of the virus have dispatched Electra hmm, to deal with Vincent and take out anyone that's a bad guy, by the way, Vincent. And take out anyone who may stumble on the truth behind him. As the hunt for the man who has no past and no future continues to escalate, they begin to question, what about the world is reality? And what is a dream as the line between sanity and insanity becomes more apparent? Is that what the movie's about? Uh, I think textually, yeah. Yeah, right? textually, yes. Um... I don't know if it gets there all the way. Like it, I don't think I. Now, to be clear, I don't know. I don't think the movie pulls this off. Yeah, that is what the movie wants you to think it's about. It is. I don't believe it's about that. Yeah, I think it's more about the horrors of the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Welcome to welcome to study in Sakuga. The movie about the line between dreams and reality is actually about the military industrial compact. Uh, yeah, this is not a movie about what's real and what's not. This is a movie about uh, how much mostly, uh, I guess, big pharma 
and military funding sucks yeah. and will kill people. Yeah, will fuck up people's lives on purpose and not care. Okay, top. let's just go from the top, right? Mm-hmm. What did we think about the movie overall? What did you, What do you think? Overall. Like, like, big, big picture. Overall, I liked it. Um, it's... It was a fun time. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It was a fun time. It was just incredibly visually stunning. Uh, I really liked the certain bits of characterization that we saw. It, uh, reflected certain, uh, things that were going on in, like, certain moods and things that were happening with the characters in, like, the story, like, in the mainline Bebop show were, like, yeah, were, like, shown in the movie as well. Um, mm. I thought it did a good job of that. I, um, and I thought the, the, the stuff about the, the military sucking was really good. I thought the, the, uh, military making a horrible, uh, pathogen that, a nanomachine pathogen that makes your blood fuck itself up was, like, that's re- Really thought that's that good. was gonna be in the thesis of the movie, you mm-hmm. know? Really thought that was gonna be relevant to the, to the message of the film. Yeah. Um. But, and I think it, I think it actually might be a bit more than, uh, what people say it is, because the, the, the whole unreality thing seems a bit tacked on at the end and beginning it's, to it's me. It's very surface level, right? It's very surface level. In fact, the only thing that supports the, what the movie says it's about, which is this line between dreams and reality, is this butterfly mm-hmm. thing that only comes up in, the, like, the last third act of the movie like it doesn't yeah happen anywhere else and it is also the villain of the story saying it and the the thing is the villain a is a guy who sucks and yeah b is like also a victim of a larger problem so I mean, that's Cowboy Bebop in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Is, like, this is a guy who sucks, and also, it may not be entirely his fault. Yes. Um, but the, to the extent it is not his fault, is very blurry, because him being like, I didn't think anything was real, actually, it doesn't, mm. that, that excuse doesn't, um, <laughs> hold water for me for some of the stuff no. he does. I want to get back to Vincent. I do want to touch on Vincent because I feel like we have a lot to talk about with Vincent as a character, but I do want to give you my impressions of the movie. Okay, yes, please. Which is as as a like as a standalone piece of film, I don't I don't think it works at all. Yeah. I it it works in that there are a ton of cool visuals. It makes sense as like a a story, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, at least. Um, and I get you're supposed to come into this movie know, like having watched the show. Yes. Like, I, I am not ignorant of that. But I think if you take it by itself, it is a, a long episode of Cowboy Bebop. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Let me be clear. That is actually a good thing. I think that's a, that's a selling point for the movie is that they're not... I guess they are trying to save the world. Fuck. But... <laughs> Like, stylistically, it's just a long episode of Cowboy Bebop, which I think works for it. But I think if you take it in isolation, 
especially with the the dreams versus reality thing, I think it ha- it does not stick the landing. Yeah, that's very understandable. Which is, I I think it only really works if you view it as like a special extra length, extra budgeted episode of Cowboy right. Bebop. I completely agree, and in that sense, it's really good. Yeah. You really good. I don't want to put too much. Effort. I don't want to put too, too much emphasis on. It. I think it's. I think it works really well mm-hmm. as an extra long, high budget Cowboy Bebop. There's a ton of cool fight scenes in here. The animation is incredible. I think you get. I like you said a ton of good characterization moments mm-hmm. uh, that you can have in a movie length, you know, piece of media that you can't just fit in into an episode. Yeah. Um. The problem is that they spend so much of the runtime focusing on Vincent, a guy we've never met before and don't care about. Yes, and who, uh... And who, like you said, sucks. Who sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um... That's my, that's my, that's my opinion of the movie at 10,000 feet. I think I, I liked watching it knowing, but like halfway through you're like, oh, okay, this is like, just, this is just a long episode of Cowboy Bebop. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you, with the longer, with the longer format, they are able to do some interesting stuff instead of, because like, it sometimes feels like the wrap up can be rushed on an episode of Cowboy Bebop, you know? So yeah, they're, they do give like a lot of space for the show to really breathe in that way. This, they, this we is do an episode- have a where are they now <laughs> end of this movie with every single uh every single background character that's been in the entire mm-hmm. they also they also do um a very good job of like this is a cowboy bebop episode that also has a lot of different moving parts like we follow we see more than just like the bebop crew doing stuff there are other actors in play um right like electra what did you think of electra <laughs> okay so I, being a comic book guy, I can't get Electra from Daredevil out of my head. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that's where they took her name from. Well, here's the thing. Electra is a character from the classics. Um, okay. Uh, from Greek, uh, from uh, Greek plays. I forget their name, but the story is uh, that. Uh, she was the sister of a guy who, uh, was after revenge and ended up, he killed his mother because she killed his dad. Electra was mostly there as, like, just grieving for all of the people who were hurt in this process. Um, Mm. which, you know, (laughs) I think there's, uh, maybe a bit more connection there. Sure. Okay. Well... That makes a lot of sense because Electra in the comic books is Greek. Yes. So I feel. I feel <laughs> I mean, <laughs> isn't that funny that my touchstone to the classics is how Marvel just chose to pick like a random person from Greek mythology and adapt her? And I'm like, yeah, that's the canonical version. Yeah. That's clearly what they were pulling from. Uh-huh. Um. So I actually, I actually liked Electra in this movie. I thought that I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, because I. I think Faye gets done real dirty by this movie. Oh my god, Faye gets done so dirty by this movie. It sucks. It's, it's it's like 
actively mean about Faye, uh-huh. which doesn't make any sense. Uh, and Jet is barely in it. And Jet is barely in it. It's, uh... I, it, I mean, okay. I get it. Spike is the main character of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a movie about Spike's, like a, like a, uh, a movie about Cowboy Bebop, you make it about Spike. Mm-hmm. I get that. But also... But also, we would like to see the, more of the crew. Yeah, in that synopsis, we talked about the crew of the Bebop. Yeah. The crew of the Bebop didn't do a ton. Ed had more to do than Spike in this movie, and that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it is galling how little Jet does in the movie, and, uh, also, Faye gets done real dirty, and so... I get that they're trying to do that Vincent is, like, a dark refre- reflection of Spike, a character who I actually don't think really needs a dark reflection, no, we have already seen Spike's dark reflection, and it was Andy, and, the cowboy. And guess what? Andy is in this movie. Um, what he is, for real? You didn't catch him? I didn't catch Andy in this movie. Uh, Andy was in the Halloween parade. By the way, this movie happens during Halloween. Uh, that's an important plot point. On Mars, they still celebrate Halloween. They really uh, celebrate Halloween on Mars. It's like, it's like, you know what, Thanksgiving, we don't celebrate that one anymore, but all the energy that we put into Thanksgiving as an American society, we're going to channel that towards Halloween. And I think, honestly, I think we should be doing this. This is, this I think is we should. a better holiday to, like, really pull out yeah. all the stops for. Uh, a Halloween parade? Are you kidding okay, me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, fucking sign me Consider up. Consider this. Halloween parade. Halloween football game. You have a football game during mm-hmm. the day on Halloween. Yeah. And in costume, and, yes, I was about to say the both the teams wear special Halloween costumes, mm. not not costumes, a outfits. Real, a real, a real blood 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 bowl situation. They could uniforms. call it the blood the word bowl. The, by the way, the, the word that you're looking for is uniform. Yes, uniforms. <laughs> you clearly love sports. You're a deep sports enjoyer. I can tell. By the fact that you called uniforms costumes. Yes, you know me, Lexi. Famous sports enjoyer. Famous sports enjoyer. You're going crazy for March Madness mm-hmm. right now. Yes, I know all the teams <laughs> that are both in and out of the March uh-huh. Madness. And just really quick, I know this is a basic question, but we all love the sport that March Madness is about, right? Yes, basketball. Yes. Basketball. Okay, okay. Just wanted to, just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page about basketball, our favorite sport on a study in soccer. Uh-huh. Uh, I would love to pull it. I feel like there's a lot of fun imagery mm-hmm. in this movie, and a lot of it is around Halloween. Yes, and I feel like I feel like they're trying to, in their way. It's like very. <sighs> Here's the thing. It, um, it's a movie set around Halloween, and they have like lots of Halloween stuff. It isn't a Halloween movie, though. No, it it just uses the imagery of Halloween, and I they what they're trying to do, Lexi. In in my in my mind, I realize this is what they're trying to do, is they're trying to have that the night of the year where the you know like the the barrier between the spiritual and real world is thinnest is Halloween, mm-hmm. and that's like that's what they're trying to do with the what's a dream and what's reality. Yes, which again, top down like. 10,000 foot view makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
like visually that makes sense that's a that's a clever thing to employ i just <laughs> wish they had pulled that off in any way yeah this this is a thing the uh the vincent uh says a lot uh, stuff about meeting in limbo and it, it's going to be close to limbo and i'll see you in limbo and all that kind of stuff Here's the thing. Vince it, is a Catholic. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't really all ever make a whole bunch of sense because he doesn't explain anything to anyone ever. Uh, he doesn't What's his motivation here? Why is he doing any of this? Okay. Do we know? We should talk about Vincent. Let's talk about Vincent. Let's just <laughs> I I I do want to go over it later this episode. I want to go over some specific scenes mm-hmm. that I I think are are really uh important to discuss when you're talking about cowboy bebop the movie yeah but we have we have to view it through a the lens of who the fuck is is vincent vincent was a soldier on the war on i forget what uh, was it titan titan it is titan. yes well we've seen bits of this war before in other episodes vicious is in this war mm-hmm. this is the war that gren was in mm-hmm. uh when they really wanted to fuck Vicious. Yes. Um, and uh, it is... that That's sort of the... it. Okay, so the, the movie is useful in the sense that it gives a lot of, of uh, explanation or it shines a light on... There was just a bunch of companies developing things for this war. Mm-hmm. We're talking biological weapons. We're talking... Uh, uh, military hardware. We're talking uh biological enhancements mm-hmm. to soldier, like super soldier serums. Yeah, which is a you know an accurate and damning depiction of how companies uh you know engage with war. Yeah, fucking nano machines, son. Nano machine, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Snake. Uh, this is this does have a little bit of Metal Gear in it, doesn't it? It kind of does. Snake. I can't catch the war criminal. I keep alerting the guards. Oh my! Oh no! Vincent is just a Metal Gear villain. Ah, uh, yeah, there, there we go. Yeah, we found it. We've cracked we've, the code. We've cracked the code. And and Spike can't catch him because he keeps alerting Vincent with the sound of his ass cheek <laughs> clapping. Uh, but I'm too dummy thick. I can't sneak through the building successfully. <laughs> Jet, what is this? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But it, I mean, it is. That's an important. That's an important lens to view Vincent through. And Vincent is a jaded. And broken soldier from yes. the war on Titan. And uh the he goes missing in action and is declared dead. Uh even though they apparently didn't try very hard to find him. Um and I mean, why would you? Even even though well, here's the thing. They didn't try very hard to find him because uh he was living evidence of some fucked up uh weapon that they made uh and he is also his blood is the vaccine to said to said weapon <laughs> which is a, okay. a wild sure. wild way to do this um it's 
it's not even particularly interesting. Yeah. How many how many times have we made the vaccine from somebody's blood before? I don't know. And here's the thing. It's like the way it's explained is like the he had a treatment that would uh immunize him to this nanomachine thing. This these nanomachines that like invade your blood and rep- replicate uh blood cells in a way that they're actually going to fail um and it like causes hemorrhages in your brain and kills you it it basically functions as a disease throughout the course of the movie people talk about this as a disease mm-hmm. which i think is accurate they talk about it as an illness you can uh spread it i believe if uh i don't know uh, i don't I th- know if you can spread it because i think you I think you can because the the people who get infected from the initial truck explosion, which is Vincent exploding a truck mm-hmm. to infect passersby with this nanomachine virus, the people that are treating them are in hazmat suits, which I guess could be that they don't know what it's about. But I, I feel like there are scenes later in the movie where somebody gets infected in a room and then somebody else enters the room and they get infected. I I think I think that is just because it is an airborne pathogen for a little bit after the explosion. Is what it seems to me. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I've, it's ambiguous enough yeah. that you worry about. Yeah. It. But he is a character. One of the things this disease does, even if you have the like treatment for the vaccine, is it causes you to see lights that are shaped like butterflies. And the nano machines reach your brain, and in affecting your brain, they they make you see these light. These glowing butterflies, mm-hmm. which are beautiful, but also a, a literal figment of a disease that you have. Yes. There, it's just your brain playing tricks on you. Mm-hmm. Just something in your mind, and this uh, causes um Vincent to be detached from the world, and he he views the world as. He, the, What the movie wants you to believe is that Vincent can't tell anymore what is reality and what is fake. So if he can't tell anymore, Vincent decides what's the difference, and I might as well just try to bring it all tearing down, and maybe I'll wake up. Or if I don't wake up, I'll at least be dead. Which isn't a coherent motivation. To me. No. I it it really could be. Like all the pieces are there for this to be significant or make sense, but the the movie is not interested in Vincent's point of view yeah. almost whatsoever. Uh, which I really feel like you have to elaborate on why Vincent is this way, or you have to double down if your theme is this, if the bad guy's doing all of the bad guy mm-hmm. stuff because he can't tell the difference between the- reality and 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 dreams or or insanity or however you want to label it. You really need I, to he- like spend more time in his shoes, what he's seeing day to day. Like- yeah, and or have Spike experience that. Mm-hmm. 
Spike doesn't experience Magic. any of that, even though he becomes infected with the nanomachines at some point. All he sees are some butterflies. Yeah. It's... Which, again, visually beautiful, but not not enough to make me want to uh, take down an entire planet with a biological weapon. Now, you know? here's the thing. They spend a lot of time, like, showing how if any information on what this is... Uh, and how it's being spread got out, it would absolutely ruin the government of Mars and the companies that made it, and it would fuck up all of their shit. They're all deeply in leap with one another. Uh-huh. And you would think that that would be compelling motivation to Vincent, that, oh yes, here's the thing, I'm going to implicate all of these companies in the deaths of, uh, implicate the Mars government and all of the these companies in the deaths of all of these people by uh like releasing it onto the populace at large it gives you it gives you conflict with electra these people are supposed to know each other vincent and electra are supposed to be old squad mates Mm -hmm. you know it gives you it gives you conflict with electra to be like how can you be still working for them i'm trying to expose them it gives you the outsider perspective of the crew of the bebop trying to figure out how this company is involved which they still do yeah they still but do all that. It just part. ends up not mattering at yeah. all. It doesn't. It doesn't matter whatsoever. I, I have to talk because we talked a little bit. I didn't want to burn too much pod off off air, but I I do want to talk about how we feel the movie wants us to feel about Vincent. <sighs> we when we talked, the uh, you said to me. That the move, if the movie wanted you to like Vincent, then you walked away thinking, "No, I don't like Vincent. He sucks." Yeah, they they really they try very hard in the last like act of the movie to give him like a level of sympathy, uh, through saying. Oh, this is actually, this guy wasn't uh, so bad before the war. Electra fell uh, in love with him when they were squad mates. And uh, this this whole thing just kind of fucked him up a whole bunch. If he had someone to talk to and uh, go through things with, maybe he wouldn't be such a bad guy. And in the, like, climactic uh, battle, uh, Electra shows up and she does end having having to kill him. But in that moment, he does get, like, a little bit of... Uh, like redemption and self-sacrifice uh, seeing uh, like seeing Electra and being like oh man this sucks I'm sorry I had to put you through this uh, but at least now I know what reality is because I'm dying and I die yes here that's how I know it yeah um this is we're all th- this is the general arc for Vincent but I I think it only makes sense in the context of why we don't like Vincent if we get into some of the details mm-hmm. of that. Uh, Faye, at, at one point in the movie, there's a lot of investigating going on. They're trying to figure out who is responsible for what. And Faye manages to track down, with the help of Ed, mm-hmm. at one point in the movie. Again, Ed has a very extended scene where they go trick or treat. Oh my god, so we're going to have to revisit that. <laughs> It's not good. 
I'm laughing because part of it was fun to see Ed trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. but most of the the whole scene is bad. Yeah. As a whole, because of we'll get to yep. it. But uh Faye manages to track down Vincent at his sort of weird barren dude in college apartment, mm-hmm. you know, where he just has one chair pointed at a TV with a PS5 hooked up to it. Except the PS5 is Chinese checkers here. Uh it's it's some it's some game. I don't know if it's Chinese checkers. It's, it's with marbles. It is, it's like in the shape of Chinese checkers. I don't know if that's the name of that game. Listen, I understand this is the Americanized mm-hmm. the Americanized version of that board game, but that is what it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm wrong in saying it, but I'm also correct <laughs> in saying what it, that that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> there is when we say Faye gets done dirty by this movie, I don't mean that she doesn't have a lot to do. She is actually fairly active in this movie in in terms of hunting down uh, Vincent. It's just that when she gets to Vincent, she's, like, easily overpowered, easily tricked, uh, taken advantage of in gross ways. In, like, a way that would never have happened on the show. It, yeah, there. It's, it's a very scary scene, like uh, and I I know it's supposed to be scary. But yeah, it's I, a, I, it I, is very obvious that it, this is supposed to be a frightening, horrible thing that is happening to Faye. Um, like we see her vision go blurry. We're in her point of view. We see like the butterfly, and she gets like ambushed by Vincent, and. Like as, as she is passing out, Vincent forces a kiss on her, and it's well. Mm. I feel like I feel like the um, the important context here is that uh, Vincent is working with an accomplice mm-hmm. who is uh, who is a like hacker type character, very obsessed with video games. Mm-hmm. Faye tracks this hacker down. This is part of the reason she finds Vincent. Right? Is is she is tracking this hacker? who is not very good at covering his tracks. Yeah. Uh, She finds him several times before she manages to track him down to Vincent's apartment, Mm -hmm. where Vincent has just finished killing him with one of these little virus spheres that he is playing checkers with. Yeah. Uh, He dies in a pretty horrific way. I don't need to go any more any any more detail than that. He died pretty t- pretty terribly, coughing up blood. It, the nano machines get in there quick. Yeah, and Faye walks in and is exposed to the same sort of gas. And in this moment, she both tries to escape and is ambushed by Vincent, who forces a you know she cuts him or bites him or something mm-hmm. to get blood into his mouth. Um. And then he forces a kiss on her, right? Yeah. And th- we cut away for so long from from Faye only to come back, and it gets worse. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, it doesn't get better. the The movie reveals that the reason that he did that is because his blood is the vaccine against this disease, and he got blood in her mouth so that she would be immune as well. Yes. But also, he did it to be creepy. Mm-hmm. He did it to be creepy, and then he is 
uh, I'm not going to describe the the bits. There, yeah, it's the, bad. It's bad. It's bad. He he threatens her with a knife and then is like sexually aggressive. Now there's nothing explicit in this movie, mm-hmm. but it is there the the sequencing of it is supposed to make you think is Vincent going to rape Faye? Yeah. He doesn't, but that's not a selling point on Vincent. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that, and the only reason not... he, it, if I remember correctly, the only reason he doesn't is he he uh, has to go and do something else. Like he has to go to the finale. Yeah, he has to go to the the fake Eiffel Tower that they have on Mars to set up his pumpkin bombs, like the Goblin. I so. I don't understand why Faye, this happened to Faye in this in this movie. Because the movie interprets Faye as a competent character who can do the research and legwork to find the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then the second that she gets there is like rendered in danger sexually. Yeah. Right. In a way that in a way that Spike or Jet or even Ed would never be. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. It's gross. I don't. I don't know why you need to include this the sexual danger in it, I guess, is is where I'm at on it. Especially, like, there, there's a whole, like, a lot of Faye is that she uses her sexuality, like, as a, like, as a tool and as a weapon against people who are sexually attracted to her. But, and, like, this might be, like, trying to use that against her, but I don't think but the, it's, like, it isn't thoughtful in doing that in no, any it, way. It, it it completely robs her of her agency in using it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Because it is used as a weapon against her in 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 the exact opposite way. It flips it on its head and not in a fun or clever way. Yeah. It, like, I don't know. I I'm not a fan of of how... Vincent is like this. Uh, it definitely makes you. It definitely robs the final act of where Vincent is supposed to have a a uh, not heel turn, but you're supposed to feel sympathy for Vincent mm-hmm. in the in the final moments of this movie as he bleeds out on the Eiffel Tower. Um, I certainly didn't. Yeah, feel bad. I didn't feel for bad Vincent. about him, about that at all. I, no, I thought good. Vincent is dead. I. I'm I was like glad we got here. I, I was like, gee, I hope Electra and uh Faye get to meet and Faye get, can be like, oh, you liked that guy? He sucked. He sucked super sucked. hard. And it was sucked. good that you never actually like were around him because he sucks so much. Now, do you we talked about this. This is my initial question is do you think the movie is supposed to the way that Vincent is framed? Do you think you're supposed to like him by the time the movie ends? I think I, I think you are. I think he's supposed to be like uh like the other cowboy bebop villains who like uh like they find and uh they learn things a- about him and it makes them more tragic than anything else and then they either let them go or they die in whatever they're doing. I think it's supposed to be another one of those. But I don't think I, it makes him sympathetic. I don't know if 
I don't see the problem is, is that I don't know the, how much of this movie is on purpose mm-hmm. and how much is on accident. And I think that's its major flaw. Yeah. Right. I don't know if this movie wants you to think that wants you to like Vincent, but I do think that this movie wants you to think Vincent is cool. Mm. And I really feel we get it to a point that turned me off of anime for a really long time. Most of my life is that a show will give you a character Mm -hmm. that is like Vincent, like fucked up, but not in like a, like a, like a fun character way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that gives him a ton of cool action scenes. They make his, his silhouette look super cool. His like, he can fight Spike to a standstill. He gets a cool shootout on Halloween Eiffel Tower. You know, he, he's he got some incredible sequences animation-wise in this movie. He says lines that don't make sense in the context of the movie, but they're like dope-ass lines yeah. to say. You know, like, what is reality and what is it? And what is a dream, Spike Spiegel? <laughs> and then Spike gets to go, what? And then, you know, he gets attacked with a sword or something. Yeah. So, but, so I, I think the movie is like, uh, Vincent is, is wrong. Like, I think we've set up that he is wrong, but the fact that they are trying to make you think that he is also cool really undercuts their message because it's it's like, no, actually Vincent isn't cool. He just, he can fight either. They're conflating the cool animation sequences with the character and that's not the same thing yeah like he the thing is he looks good in his fucking like warlock getup. like yes he puts he for the climax of the movie listener he goes to this this halloween eiffel tower with a long robe and warlock hat on mm-hmm. and he looks cool as hell <laughs> it's a cool sequence but here's it rules but here's, actually but here's the thing he puts on that getup. Like, just after his scene, uh, the last scene with, uh, he has with Faye, like, he puts that on in the scene, and the next time I see him, I see that outfit, and the first thing I think of is that scene with Faye. So, the the threat of sexual violence is hanging over his head as he, it's, it's so easy, it's so easy to imagine a world, because we live in that world, where people conflate those two things. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, he's just a edgy character, you know? He cuts women's shirts open with his big old knife, and then he gets to have cool gunfights. And, like, (sighs) I know when this movie came out, like, people thought Vincent was cool as hell, you know? Mm -hmm. People probably still think Vincent's cool as hell. I don't know. People less (laughs) tuned in, I guess, or, like, put less critical thought into it than than maybe other people have mm-hmm. but i i don't know i the the way that the movie frames him as cool i think undercuts their other message which is he is a bad guy who doing bad things mm-hmm. right you can't <sighs> it's it's a strange mixture yeah. right it goes it goes down weird yep um we we should other talk about the other 
not so great part of this movie before we talk about the thing the parts of this movie that we actually really liked a lot yeah let's get it out of the way because i don't want to seem too down on this Mm -hmm. movie i think we've talked about its flaws in its main antagonist plenty but first should we take a break it's a long it's a long one yeah all right we will be right your take on you know comedies from the 2000s uh well uh i think some of them have aged really well like shrek mm-hmm. uh and but i think it was also a time where we had one joke you know yeah and we made and we made that one joke over and over again mm-hmm. and kevin james was the one doing it uh-huh and I feel like that's all I need to say about that. Yeah. Um. There's. Uh. So we're coming back, and I said we should talk about the other not so great part of this movie. Uh. Before we really get into all the parts that we really like. Yes. So we. There's a sequence after Ed has uh like, cracked the code on. Ed has gotten a ping on uh, the hacker's credit card again. Yes. I I do want to touch on this is something that I like before we get in, into the what we don't like mm-hmm. is that that uh, Ed in this is Ed for the most part delightful. Yeah, Ed is great in this movie. I love This is maybe the best Ed Ed has ever been. Ed is useful and also a lot of fun. Yeah, there there's a point in the the movie where they need to sign something or they need to like or no 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 it's uh Faye needs to draw a picture of the person who planted the bomb Mm -hmm. right draw a picture of vincent at the beginning who she saw getting out of the the gas truck uh and and ed spins the laptop around and like clicks some stuff and is like okay you can just draw on it now like it's a tablet and i love (laughs) That I love that Cowboy Bebop the movie predicted the modern technology of. Uh, let me just check my notes here. Uh, the Nintendo DS Picto Chat. <laughs> That's so good. And uh, just <laughs> I wanted that to be said that Ed is a useful member of the crew in a way that they have not been maybe previously. Yeah, they so. they are able to track. Uh, they like help. Uh, Faye tracked this hacker multiple times in the movie by, uh, cracking his codes and, and they get into the, uh, database of the, uh, pharmaceutical company and dig up, like, they find, like, pivotal clues, uh, by digging through files and, like, finding out that a truck is, uh, uh, is where this came from and the truck had a lot of beans in air quotes um mm-hmm. 
beans. Yeah, and uh, a lot to do with beans, and all the beans were very expensive, and that is able to, like, essentially break open the case for uh, Jet and Spike, in a way. Um, Yes. Ed, great. I love everything that they get done in this movie. They even take, like I said, the best duo, best bounty hunting duo, most effective. Uh, Ayn and Ed go out on the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, listen, the, the thing about the trick-or-treating sequence is, for most of it, it's just fun. It's just Ed in, like, a, a little pumpkin mask going mm. door-to-door uh doing trick or treating and people are like hey it's still the it's still the day before halloween fuck off kid and ed is actually just looking for the uh looking for the hacker um but then in the middle of this sequence uh a person opens the door and it is uh a- it's the we've mm. seen this character before, right? On on the episode, uh, it's the same episode Gren was in Jupiter Jazz, right? We saw this uh, when Spike went questioning people. Mm-hmm. The they love to do this joke where they find a sex worker mm-hmm. who that that is uh it's it's supposed to be a trans woman, uh. But it is, like, a very stereotyped and, like, mean-spirited, mean-spirited uh, depiction. It's punch- It's punching down in a big mm-hmm. way, in a way that it doesn't mean to. Back, you know, and I don't know when this movie came out. I, th- I think it was 2001. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. In that, you know, in a way that movies of this era do mm-hmm. you know my kevin james joke but like that's what they do right even shrek has a joke they you know the big bad wolf wears uh, a dressing gown in that movie and they're like oh mm-hmm. ooh, here's my one joke and uh a very very po- popular uh tv show friends really liked this joke a whole lot really really loved that one yeah can't imagine. Can't imagine why how they managed to find the time for that one between all the gay panic jokes. Yeah, lots of lots of gay panic and transphobia jokes in that beloved TV show, Friends. It's it's extra wild because one of the main characters' dads is trans. Mm-hmm. And it's which is like every single time it's played for laughs. It's it sucks. <laughs> does it? it Truly is beyond me, right? Like, like why? Would, why would you have? Why would you do this? Uh, it no, but it's it's bad. It's it's like an ugly stereotype that they do here, mm-hmm. and there's no reason to have it. It you know, it's it is a truly throwaway joke, um, and it is like, and it does it in like the absolute worst way. Like it is not only uh, a tra- uh, a trans woman with like that looks like quote unquote a man in a dress uh, that is also a sex worker, but also is implied to be a pretty predatory one as well. So yeah, I, 
a straight up admitted pedophile. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, just all the bases. Boy, we're hitting every everything on transphobia bingo. Yeah, tonight that it's and I like Ed is like not like doesn't interact with this at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like okay, I'm gonna go trick or treat that yeah. and then leaves. Doesn't right? really the joke the. The joke isn't that is isn't that Ed is funny. Yeah. Right? The joke is this person, and I don't know, it sucks. There's no reason to have it in here. <sighs> Especially since I'm pretty sure this exact person was in uh Jupiter Jazz. I like the the same model like the character. I, the the design was a verbatim. bit different, but uh this is like a stock this is like a stock like uh character that uh that anime likes to use sometimes that we still haven't gotten rid of uh is the very uh very stubbly trans woman uh is commonly depicted uh and it, it's never fun it's never good I, I don't know i i get that this is like a a 2001 family guy joke but i can't it's not even funny in the movie mm. like like obviously we're in 2022 it was never going to be funny but i can't even imagine a world where it was like silly yeah like a silly joke to play on ed i don't know i don't want to harp on this too much i feel like we've said all we said about it but i yeah It's. It, I don't know. I feel like this is the thing that the movie does, though, is that it is sometimes more interested in reusing characters and jokes from other movie, like other episodes of Cowboy Bebop, than it is on nailing all of the concepts it's, it's mm-hmm. introducing. Yeah. Um. To its detriment. To its detriment. I would like to hit some concepts that it does nail, like... The actual intro sequence of the movie, which rocks and is good. Yeah, we have to talk about it, right? It's the big one. Yeah, it's the big one. It's it's the fucking convenience store scene, and uh, guess what? It's still cool. It's very good. It's still good, good, actually. It's still good. Um, Just to give you a rundown, because I feel like we should talk Mm -hmm. through it, is... Uh, a convenience store is getting held up at gunpoint. They've pushed everybody out, right? Everybody that's still in is a hostage... And uh, the main guy is shaking the cashier down for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spike and Jet are on the trail of these dudes, right? They got a bounty on their heads. Mm-hmm. And so they come up with a plan to... Uh, Jet will go around the back and Spike will walk in with his headphones on and pretend not to be aware that he is being robbed. This is Spike's... Classic shit. Yeah, this is classic Spike shit. Just being incredibly, uh, like, aloof and nonchalant and, like, uncaring about the danger around him. It's very classic. It's a very good, like, uh, the, this scene is, uh, actually a pretty good introduction to who Spike and Jet are as characters. Like, this works in a vacuum. I talked about how this, this movie doesn't necessarily work in a vacuum, mm. but this scene does. Yeah. Right? Uh, this is 
exactly who Spike is. This is how he fights. This is how he gets around doing stuff. This is how he saves people, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And this is Jet, and this is how they interact. This is their dynamic. Uh, This is how they get things done together. There's some bickering, but they do the job well enough that it gets done. Um, I, I do like the bit where... Uh, jet like busts through the opening of a uh, uh, like busts through the vent in the ceiling and just like immediately takes a guy down very quickly. It's fun. Um, this is Jet's best scene in the movie, which is unfortunate because it's right at the beginning and three minutes long. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like we we see a we see a thing that is like later like called back to in the final fight where uh the main where one of the guys holds up an old lady and is like if you uh put the gun down or i kill the old lady and spike just like cracks a cracks a smirk and is like fucking i don't care about an old lady she's not my grandma yeah what are you fucking talking about dude i'm a bounty hunter this is how i work (laughs) this is how he right this is how he saves people though is that he he gets them to draw fire off of someone else mm-hmm. that they thought would convince him to do it and get it and put a weapon on him he does this so many times throughout the movie he does it when he uh in his initial um distraction of the guy who's actually holding up the cash register he does it with the old lady in this scene mm-hmm. uh this whole fight scene is very fun, right? He's just using yeah. the convenience store to fight this guy. At one point, he pours boiling coffee on a guy's head. <laughs> my, it's so good. My favorite one is pulling the party popper and popping it in a guy's face. It's the same It's the same sequence, right? He pops it in that guy's face, kicks him into the coffee machine, and then boils, like presses the button to pour boiling coffee on his head. It's very funny. <laughs> it's very good. This... I, I do love I do love this as an opening sequence. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a lot of fun. It teaches you a lot about the characters. It even shows you that it's Halloween. Yeah. Because there's little Halloween decorations up around the store. Um, um it, we even get a pulp fiction reference. Yeah, and it, and we get a pulp fiction reference. It's it's a very good like another thing this show this uh, movie does very well is just like environmental storytelling. Uh yeah. A, a great bit um uh which i i just love how cluttered this like the store is and all of the different um different items that are all around it thing sure uh all the different brands we get a sneak peek of the rocket ramen on the shelves mm-hmm. of the store which is fun you know you know what we don't see though what pepper we uh we I could have swore I put in my notes Pipu moment. I, I, if you, if it is here, I didn't see it. We get a Coca-Cola by name in this movie, but we don't get Pipu ever. I, uh, let me just make sure. Um, I would have put it in all caps. But I'm not seeing I'm it. certain that we don't get it. Dang, I could have swore Which, there was a Pipu moment. And I'm disgusted, frankly. Yeah. We should have gotten a Pipu moment. <laughs> we should have gotten a Pipu moment. We got a Coca-Cola moment. Um, Pretty unacceptable, IMO. But I do, okay, uh, I do love Rocket Ramen. Um, sure. 
as an idea, which is just the ramen, the instant ramen that is quite literally instant. You just, it has a little thing on the bottom of the cup where you just pull it and it instantly heats itself and it's good to go. That's great. That's fun. That's a fun future snack. Yeah. You know? And I, I like, I like this convenience source, Dan. It must have been a pain to animate. Oh my god. The All of the fight scenes in this movie look so goddamn good. It's... This is what you do with the movie, buddy. Yeah. It, like, it is incredibly fluid. It is incredibly detailed. You, like, you can really see different people's fight, uh, uh, fighting styles, like, come out during it. It's very good. Um, I think my favorite fight was actually, uh, the one on the train. Uh. Oh, yeah? I do like a hallway fight scene. Yeah. I will say. Yeah, it was, it was just very fun to see, like, Spike moving in that confined space, because usually he is, like, very moving around, and, like, Instead, he's in this, like, cramped, confined space fighting a guy. It's very good. There, it's, there are a lot of good fights in this movie. I like the, I like the train fight scene because, at, for context, both Spike and Elektra have tracked down uh, Vincent on this train. Uh, and they are running to catch him. Mm-hmm. They are both fighting each other and fighting him separately. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. There's something about a confined space that does a lot of cool stuff yeah. for fight scenes. And when Vincent uh, shoots at Electra past Spike, it's that's a really good moment. Uh, with, and it's very fun. Um, also, I do want to shout out the uh, Spike Electra fight scene because that was also really good and we got the line of i love a woman who can kick my ass <laughs> iconic iconic we do <laughs> this movie okay this movie does a really good thing where it introduces props mm-hmm. in the in the fight scene it has either a set piece or it has a prop yeah. for the fight and i think that's really really important the uh the convenience scene opening at the the beginning is both. Yeah, right? it's both a set piece and a it introduces fun props to that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the train is a cool set piece, and the fight that that Spike has with um, Electra at the headquarters of this weird government pharma company that she works for. Uh, is really cool because he's got a broom. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's like he has snuck into the facility pretending to be a janitor, uh, and is <laughs> sw- like scrubbing the wall with a broom. And Electra is like, "Hey, you're very obviously not a janitor. What the fuck are you doing here?" Uh, Spike is having so much fun in this fight scene. It is yeah. He might. I think he literally says "unguard." <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> this is the listen spike loves to fight he just loves he it this is this is his thing he's flirting while he's fighting he's like hey you want to get a burger after this like let's go out <laughs> this is his love language is fisticuffs <laughs> you know you just need to go into the ring and you know figure it out this is this is why <laughs> this is why um 
uh, Spike Vicious shippers are so are such a thing. It's because yeah. all of their fight scenes. All of their fight scenes. Mm-hmm. He's not flirty in those fight scenes, though. He's just mad. He's just mad, but, you know. Here's here's a change that the Cowboy Bebop live action show should have made, is Spike flirting with Vicious in those fight scenes. Mm-hmm. We know that his, that's his number one favorite thing to do while he fights. Is flirt. Is flirt. Dog fights. Mm. Broom fights. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, also, uh, another... I'm just, like, highlighting scenes sure. that I... Sure, let's just go down the line, yeah. ...that I really liked. Um, we... A, a bit of a slower scene is the one where we are introduced to the, like, Moroccan, uh, like... Uh, neighborhood in this Mars city. Yeah, that's little like it's like little Morocco or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, we got we got this like little uh montage of Spike going around the city, like talking to people and like trying to trying to suss out clues, and eventually, uh, is like taken by a guy who has a big grenade lighter, which is very good. I love the big grenade lighter. <laughs> it's fun. Especially since there's a grenade later in that. They're like, is that a lighter? No, it's a grenade. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he is led through this uh, like Moroccan neighborhood. And it has such an, like, it is like a very good, like, bit of storytelling kind of about mars i think we see spike interacting with a lot of different people in that montage but this one kind of just shows that like there are these distinct cultures and like subgroups all living together on this uh uh, in this city on this planet um and i just thought it was a really neat like example of that yeah and it's it's like an interesting it's an interesting snapshot of what Mars is, especially since we don't see a lot of Mars in the sh- in the show. You know, we get, we see them like landing on Mars or like going to a casino on Mars, we, but we don't see what like we've actually the cities. We've actually been to Mars quite a a few times. It's just like not often said that it's Mars. Like, well, right, but we never like spend time in the streets. Mm-hmm. We're like, what is Mars like? You know, it's, yeah, it's always in context of the episode that we're in. Uh huh. And like, and it's this movie really makes it clear that like Mars, specifically this area of Mars, it, it's it's New York, it's right, it's like really big New York. Well, and it's interesting too because you can tell that it is like a mashup of all the different cultures that came from Earth. Like the climax of the movie takes place on, and I know I've said this jokingly, but it's the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. They picked it, they either picked it up off Earth or they rebuilt it on Mars. Mm-hmm. It's the Eiffel Tower that they put Happy Halloween on, which I think we should do with the real Eiffel Tower. <laughs> uh, also, it is, uh, it's like on the, uh, on the poster for the movie. Like. Yeah. It is like the it's centerpiece. Right, they, put, <laughs> they put the Macy's Halloween Day Parade right next to Mars's Eiffel Tower. And I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm just looking for, yes, uh, also, I like the character of Mendelo. 
Mendelo is a fun character to have who it's revealed very late in the movie, but the guy who like meets up with Spike and like essentially gives him breadcrumbs to follow throughout the movie to figure out what Vincent's deal is, where all this stuff came from, is the guy with uh, the grenade lighter. And he is just a fun character because he's like, it's very obvious that he is like settled into a very like comfortable incognito life in this neighborhood. Boy, he is a character. It's this movie's so fun in the tone, in the tones that it's trying to balance, right? Because it's doing, it is doing what we expect. Like it's doing the noir thing. Mm -hmm. Mendelo is a character from like a, like a, like a, 40s noir Mm -hmm. you know like a mysterious guy that comes from a quote-unquote like foreign neighborhood right Mm -hmm. that has secrets that you want um i think they handle a lot better in this movie than they do in 40s noir but that's neither here nor there Mm -hmm. uh but they also (laughs) balance it by remembering that hey there's cowboy in the title of this movie yeah so they do they do a lot of cowboy stuff like literal cowboy stuff too yeah um, but, uh, we also get the Cornhuskers, very importantly. I do, do always love to see a Cornhusker, even if they're telling Spike to fuck off. Maybe especially. Yeah, uh, here's Spike the thing. The Cornhuskers, we see in their conversation with Spike, know when it's fu- shut the fuck up Friday. <laughs> <laughs> They absolutely do not want to give any information to any form of law enforcement. They're like, I'm not fucking talking to any bounty hunter. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't care if you're not a cop. If you were if you were a cop, you'd be corrupt. You're a bounty hunter? That's basically a cop. Shut up. Go away from it's me. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> Can't believe it. They're great. And then they come back. Uh, they come back and they, like, fly a crop duster that helps deliver the vaccine to all the people of Mars, which is very fun. Yeah, they love to fly old planes. Mm -hmm. That, (laughs) that's the biggest part the Jet plays in this movie, is that he's just exasperated (laughs) at... Which I I do think is fun to have Jet do, Mm -hmm. right? So, the, let's just talk about how this movie wraps up and then we can... We can go from there. Is that the the ultimate plan of Vincent is to take these marbles of this nano nano machine that this virus nano machine that he's been infecting people with the whole movie, right? He he blew up the gas truck, Schrodinger's not Schrodinger's, excuse me, Chekhov's gas truck mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, which set off a you know infected a bunch of people and, and got this hype going. He's been infecting his uh, accomplices with it the whole movie so that he does like a Joker in the Dark Knight, doesn't have to pay them or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. That's never explained. (laughs) Um, And his ultimate plan is on Halloween, when everybody's out and about in the world, he's going to fill, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Lexi, but he's going to fill the big Halloween floats up, like the big old... uh, yeah, the balloons. What do you call those? The balloons that are shaped like pumpkins. There's... He's going to pop. Okay, I love that there's a Halloween parade. However, yeah. how many jack-o'-lantern balloons 
does the Halloween parade really need? Like, I get one. Great question. Or, like, three. (laughs) Like, throughout? Yeah, rule of thirds here. Let's beginning, middle, and end it. Uh Uh-huh. There's, I believe, seven? There's so many. There's a lot. There's not ten, but too many for one parade. Yeah. You know, where where you've seen it before. It it really feels like it's mostly jack-o'-lantern balloons, the parade is. You get people in costume, but, like, they're all just holding the big old jack-o'-lantern balloons, right? Like, (laughs) let's fix it up. Let's put a skull in there. Something. Something. Well... Vincent's big plan is to go to the uh, the Mars Eiffel Tower and press a button that he's set up up there that will blow all of these floats up, which are filled with a gas that has the marble in it, mm-hmm. so that when they, they pop, they will infect the entire planet of Mars with this nanomachine virus. Now, you might be asking yourself, why? The movie doesn't have an answer for that question. It doesn't know it, it, why he's... It doesn't really know about that one. You know how when you have a dream, sometimes you genocide a planet? Do you remember? You know how sometimes yeah. you have that dream? Do you, you ever... Do well, you ever is, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be crazy if that was also reality? Wouldn't that be fucked up? Wouldn't that be twisted? Here's the, here's the thing. It really feels like they're trying to do a philosophical, like, can you ever know what reality is thing? How What is, like, knowing... You're in real in a real life, and like the answer to that one is simple, is and it's that it doesn't matter if this is real or fake. It's the life you have, so you treat the people around you well. That's the answer I, to that one. Movie. I I think, but I I I get like I get that it seems like an important question to ask if this movie wasn't so sure about the answer being yes, this is reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not making any sense because everything is pretty real yeah. here actually people get hurt and they're in pain and they don't you know it's they like you affect other people around you mm-hmm. and it's not uh not a strongly supported argument from the villain here. yeah the only thing that makes him feel like this is a dream he is in a dream is like butterflies like flying butterflies, through his vision which again do nothing if anyway, if I, if the nano machines like had more of an effect this would almost make more sense i just i it would be uh, what a good ending to this episode if the nano machines like totally like warped his sense his his like visual stuff like stuff going on like the fight on this eiffel tower mm-hmm. was like how, who am I actually fighting? Am I fighting Jet? Am I, am I you know, 50 feet tall? What's happening? You know, but no, it doesn't do any, any, any of this. Yeah. Um, which is a real shame, but we've already talked about this plenty. The, the end goal of his plan is we don't really know, but that is his ultimate goal. Now, the way that, to combat this is they have, at this point, a cure... I believe, based off of his blood. Yes. They they took a sample of the... they. It was established earlier in the movie that, um, that Electra also has the... was given by Vincent some of his blood. So she was uh, immunized beforehand, and because she was immunized, 
she also is producing the vaccine. So they use her blood to make the vaccine. So there is a fun sequence here where they, they, the crew of the Bebop splits up and they each have like their own goal, Mm -hmm. right? Like Faye has to go take a, like, (laughs) like hijack in the year two, in the year 2001 has to hijack a, uh, a weather station mm-hmm. which uh controls the weather of mars uh, of mars boy yeah um boy feels like a bad timing around 911 but um, um here's the here's the thing though she does that so fucking easy she it's not hard she she really just waltzes into the weather control station shoots uh, fires an uzi in the air and is like all right i'm in charge <laughs> all right we're going to make it literally rain uh and jet has to go with his vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, and hook it up to these crop dust or like any anything that flies. Really, mm-hmm. he needs he needs anything to get in the air and lots of it so that he can spray it when the rain comes and it'll get into the water system and go from there. You know, people will touch it; it'll, it'll immunize everybody. Mm-hmm. They are not working with Jet on this one. They have no planes. It's a holiday, don't yeah. You know? Uh, All they have left are the antiques. Yeah, the antique planes. We actually see one fall apart and crash into the ground. Several! Not just one. Multiple planes. As they pick up, like, crash. Because they're not air airworthy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're not... They can't fly. <laughs> like, many of them crash to the ground and Jet has to go like, Holy fuck, let's go. We're all gonna die. <laughs> The Cornhuskers are pilots here, and that's very good. You love to see Yeah. Uh, this ends up saving the day. You know, Spike tracks Vincent down to this uh, Eiffel Tower and delays him just long enough for Jet to make sure that uh, the planes get out there. The rain comes down, and they all uh, get immunized. Mm-hmm. But uh, Spike eventually, you know, shoots Vincent. Was it Spike or is it? No, it's Spike, right? Yeah. No, uh, Electra. Electra, right? Electra kills Vincent. Electra shoots him. Yeah, Electra kills Vincent. An incredible fight scene on on top of the Halloween Eiffel Tower. Yeah, just it's so good. And this is what I wrote down in my notes, and I hope you agree with me: is that if Andy is Spike's Wario, mm-hmm. then Vincent is his Waluigi. Hmm. Hmm. I here's the here's the thing. He's a he's a dark mirror to Spike, but we've already had a dark mirror to Spike, and it was Andy. Here's the thing, which means it's a, it, which means it's a copy of a copy. It's a dark mirror of Andy. This is Andy's Wario, which is Waluigi. I I don't think I don't think Waluigi is a is a dark copy of Wario. Um, also, I think what else could he possibly be? Also, I think the the whole thing with Waluigi and Luigi is that they're a dark copy of the person, but in a funny way. This is a dark copy, but in a scary way. So, um, you're saying Waluigi's not scary? I I, I am not afraid of Waluigi. <laughs> That's because you haven't you haven't wad too close to his son. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, this is, this is like, um, a mirror universe, Spike Spiegel. Sure, okay, this is, yeah, this is mirror universe Spock, I get mm-hmm. it, okay. Yeah. 
Okay, fair enough. I'm just trying to build out the the, the pantheon here. <laughs> of versions of of versions of Spike. We've got Cowboy Spike. We've got Dark Spike. Vincent. Yeah, uh, Dark Nega Spike. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, well, it just an incredible fight scene, hand to hand. They like scramble for the gun. They they literally throw throw hands at each other as they try to get an upper hand as he Spike tries to delay him from infecting a whole planet to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as, uh, you know, Electra gets up there and is ready to shoot him, the butterflies come up and it's visually stunning. Especially as the rain comes down, right? As, as space succeeds, you know, they have to have it in the rain. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna have a movie, right, and you're gonna flex your animation budget, put it in the put rain. Put it in the rain. Um, I do also love the dogfight that Spike has with the army and as he's like racing to the fight with Vincent is it's visually stunning, incredibly fluid, like great technical like animation of the jet and how fucking fast it is and also how big the area they are in like there is such a good sense of scale and speed going on in that dogfight it's the it is truly the best the dogfights have ever looked and you can tell it's serious because <laughs> spike isn't trying to sleep with any of them mm-hmm. he he does like joke with he he basically has an open comms channel to like just ban- try to banter with the army pilots but they're not taking any bait no they're not they're not trying to flirt <laughs> um but uh, also there is a great song that is playing under this that also plays throughout the rest of the montage of like the other parts of the crew like doing their bits of the job that's Love a good jazzy number. It wouldn't be Cowboy Bebop without it. There's a lot no. of very good music in this song. In this, uh... yeah, I I will say I loved the opening. The it's like a country music almost mm-hmm. thing as they open. I I missed the the regular intro, mm. but I understand you don't want to rest on your laurels. Yeah. You know? Also, uh, I love uh, Faye's intro sequence has a little poppy number. Uh, that's very good, and uh, I would see they int- they introduce her like like oh fuck it's Faye Valentine mm-hmm. you know and then they just don't do anything with her the whole movie yeah like like don't whole- don't put that don't put that sequence in if you're not going to do anything with her don't don't have her have a cool intro if you're not going to have have something to do with Faye I don't know yeah she she gets this very cool intro with like diegetic uh. Uh, music because she's listening to the radio as she's following this truck. Uh, the gas truck, you know, Chekhov's gas truck uh-huh. will explode and infect people. And uh, after that, the only other thing she really does is like track down this hacker. Once it, she like tracks him down to an arcade and just like botches the actual capture of him. Uh, and then she's taken out of the movie by Vincent for quite and a while. For, until she has to come back and do the weather thing, which... Yeah. They really lost the thread on that one. Well, the the movie 
the climax ends here, you know, with with Vincent getting shot, but you know, he's we do the classic cowboy bebop thing where the villain has Spike dead to rights, gun to his head. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you just one more question, Spike, before you know, instead of just shooting him. I can't tell what's real and is did I die on Titan? Is this just a world that the butterflies showed me? And Spike's like, what the fuck? What are, are you, you talking, talking about, about, dude? Yeah, this is real. I'm really fighting you right now, for real. I'm trying to save all of Mars, because apparently that's my job now. Because also, uh I love the uh how much this uh movie shows the uh, the police being just totally incompetent. I do think a successful thing about this movie is the amount of world building you get for just the solar system mm-hmm. that they're all functioning in, right? Because uh, at one point they say their big shot does make an appearance. Good for them. Um, yeah. Uh, but they do mention that there are three million bounty hunters in this system. Yeah. Which. There cannot possibly be three million bounty hunters worth of bounties out all of the time. If there is, that's pretty indicative of a failed system. Yeah, it's almost... That there's so many criminals that it can sustain three million bounty hunters. It seems like maybe society is bad right now. It does... I and I. and It also is interesting because it does make the point definitively that bounties are not worth anything Mm -hmm. so you could be a bounty hunter but you barely and we get this on the show but you also get the sense on the show that maybe they're just not that good at it Mm -hmm. which is why they're broke most of the time is because they're not very successful but here you get them in the convenience store sequence in the beginning they catch those guys turn them in and barely get enough money for dinner you know yeah so the system here is flawed top to bottom, right? There are so many bounty hunters because there's a ton of criminals, except that there's so many criminals that bounties aren't worth anything. Yeah. And here's another thing. Also, it is heavily implied that the police have been incredibly corrupt and basically run by the syndicate and have been since since Jet was working on the force. Like... Jet does have a useful scene with uh, uh, an old acquaintance, cop acquaintance of his, mm-hmm. and is where he basically was like, this is why I left the force, right? The, all the fucking corruption. And his friend says, what the fuck are you talking about? It's always been like this. This is the way that it is. No, it, it's like, uh, uh, it's uh, uh, Jet is the one who says, oh, no, this isn't new. It's always been like this. That's why I left. Like, it's always been this bad. No, it's the other way around. I could have swore jet, I could have swore it no, was it's the other way around. It's definitely that Jet said, I can't this is why I left. It's all the corruption that was starting to come in. And his his partner or whoever's in the car with him. By the way, this is a good fun scene because they're watching an old cowboy movie. Haha, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get it, kiss cowboy bebop. Yeah. Uh but he's like, No, Jet, it's been this way for this is the whole thing. This this way top to bottom. It was like that before you left. Which, you know what, good for Cowboy Bebop the movie for calling the spade a spade. Yeah. But it does, I mean, it gives you such a tangible sense of, of world building in that sense of why there are so many bounty hunters. Bounties don't pay very well. The cops are basically useless because they're all in the pocket 
of people of these corporations and things like that. I think it's very smart in that sense. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, we do get another. Uh, the other two big moments with Jet are in the beginning where he's uh, playing a game of shogi with Spike and Spike is not into it. And I and like the lesson here is supposed to be just the strategic one. Spike is bullheaded and like doesn't care about strategy at all. Um, and which he which feels like a thing that Spike would learn by the end of this movie, but the movie doesn't do that. No. Um, it sets it up to be like, and this is a the lesson that Spike's going to learn, and Spike does not learn a lesson in this no, movie. No, I do like the, I do like Ayn giving Jet the next correct move in that moment. Yeah, Ayn is, Ayn is literally, without exaggeration, the most competent member of the the crew of the Bebop. <laughs> He's a super smart dog. He's he's so good. He is uh, the only person, if I was trapped, if I had been Faye Valentined, uh, if I was reduced to a, a potted plant that they shuffled between scenes, uh, and I was was there, captured by Vincent, I would call Ayn. Yeah. I wouldn't call anybody else. I would call Ayn. Especially the way Jet reacts to that call, because Jet has been moping on the Bebop uh, for quite a while, uh, because uh, Jet essentially says, hey, this job's too dangerous, I'm not helping you. Spike says, well, fine then, Uh, I'll go do it myself with Faye. And Spike and Faye go off to do it, and they don't, like, keep checking back in with Jet after Spike gets captured by the army and Faye gets captured uh, by Vincent and Jet's just moping about it because he thinks his friends aren't calling him to give him updates. To be mean. Yeah, yeah to, to be, be mean. To be mean. <laughs> Which, to be fair, they've done before. They've... So I kind of get it, but I feel like you'd be like, all right, I've... He was pretty serious. I don't know. It seemed danger- like a dangerous mission. Maybe I should go check on that. <sighs> oh boy. Oh boy. But I uh, All right. That I I do like that beat because it shows like that there is a lack of cohesion in the team that is like starting to build. Um Yeah, I mean, it started before this. Yeah, it started well before, it is... but it is showing itself. Like more and for more sure. as for sure as the show has gone on. Oh, and that's as much as I want to write this movie off as either you know bad or at least maybe not incomplete, but you know it doesn't accomplish the goals that it wants set out to accomplish. There are there is good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. There's really good stuff in it. You know, you should. I guess my note for this movie is that you should come to Cowboy Be About the Movie knocking on heaven's door without expecting like a movie quality plot you should come for the character beats yeah because they have great character beats in here it's just not enough to put the movie over the finish line in my opinion yeah um i wish it was it's so close you know there's there's great stuff the animation is on point the 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 character moments that we do get are really good i think the people have already talked about this that aren't us, but the the convenience store scene is such a perfect encapsulation mm-hmm. 
of Spike as a character, of Jet as a character. I think it works flawlessly. There's so many good moments here. We get we get also get so much uh, so many good songs with vocal tracks in it. It's yes. It's very it's it's a pretty dang good movie. But <laughs> but as a whole, it flounders a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. It really is. I really feel like they could have... If anybody could have, you know, turned the cliche what's reality and what is, you know, what's a dream into something poignant, it could have been the Bebop team. And I don't know if they hit yeah, it. Yeah, so. they, they didn't hit it with this one. I like what they do with the other larger themes of the, like... The army trying to, like, strong arm this, like, shitty thing that they've done in the past, like, to fade into, like, fade into nothingness in history. Like, that is a huge thing, is that they're trying so hard to cover this up. Right, and I, like I said, all, all of that stuff, all of the world building, all of the the themes around big business and corruption and, and how those things interact with people works so well and uh i I don't know i just wish they had found a way to connect that with the actual plot that they wrote for this movie Mm -hmm. in a better way i guess anyway that's where that's where i land on knocking on heaven's door yep i think it's uh uh i think it's a nearly a four-star movie for me almost um, yeah, it's a three and a half. If we can give a half star, yeah. you know. it's so close. It's so close. It's. It, I don't want to say it's a disappointment because I did have fun, but it it all so closely threads the needle here, and it. It's just a shame that it doesn't. Yeah, but you know, it was it was fun to watch. The animation was good. We got more Bebop. Yeah. So don't don't get don't get us wrong. You should watch yeah, this movie if nothing else, you so should. you can see the the animation and the the beats that are in this. It it is worth it. I will for sure. I will give this movie a recommendation with content warnings. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should know what you're getting going in for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that's that's Cowboy Bebop knocking on heaven's door. Well, how many episodes we got left of the the main series? We Let's have see. four more episodes. Two more episodes overall, then. Yeah, two more episodes for us. And then we we go back to uh, what? Wow, so long ago, Lexi. What were we interrupted? <laughs> we were. We, Can you even remember? We we stopped watching um, My Hero Academia it, for this. It, <laughs> son, no, no, that can't, that can't be it. It can't be. No, no, no. Yeah, it was. It was My it was, Hero Academia. Uh, we were watching My Hero uh, Academia for that. Can't be. I just <laughs> distinctly remember. I distinctly remember Batman, but he's got cool like ten like tendril powers. No, yeah, that's that's My Hero Academia. That's uh. Are you sure? Oh man, I'm pretty sure there's like Superman in a bad suit. No, yeah, Are that's sure. That's My My Hero Academia. You're thinking. Of. I just don't know. I there's like Iceman, but if you know if he had a baby. With uh, Firestar, um, yeah, that's but but in a, but in eugenicsy, you know, like in a eugenics kind of way. 
Yeah, that's that's still my hero academia. Oh man, it's been so long, you know. I just <laughs> really need to sit down and immerse myself again. Now I definitely remember we were watching a show where somebody sweat nitroglycerin. <laughs> Are we sure that this is not this is the same one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still the, that's a, the that's the same show. Man, okay. Well, you know what? We're I'm looking forward to getting back to that. I want to finish Cowboy Bebop off strong, but boy, it's been a minute. Yeah. We have spent a while uh, just bebopping, so you know, yeah. looking forward. We love looking forward to get back with the kids and just have some fun ones. It's been heavy. Just have, just have fun. We've had a lot of heavy ones, mm-hmm. and they don't have a lot of heavy ones over on My Hair Academia. I say as we go into the second half of the season, where there are sure to be heavy ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I don't know. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna say as as we about uh, about this movie? I feel like we covered pretty much um, what we wanted to say. I think I, I think I've hit everything I wanted to talk about. Um, Holden, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at twitter.com at not underscore daredevil, and you can find me on twitter.com at hex of lexi. And you can find the the podcast knocking on heaven's door. We're just they won't let us in. <laughs> we've we've sinned too much. Um, you can also uh, find this podcast on twitter.com at sakugapod. You can email us at studyinsakuga at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts about Cowboy Bebop the, the movie. Yeah. We obviously it's a nuanced movie with good and bad in it. So if you have your own thoughts, uh, we'd be happy to to figure out what we all think together. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I would also like to ask you if you want to put those uh, notes or comments in our uh, in the comments section for our page on iTunes and rate us. That would also be good. Maybe if you want to put that yeah. in a review. Or Spotify. On Spotify? I don't think you can review. You can. You can rate podcasts on Spotify. You can rate them. I don't know if you can leave a review, though. Probably not leave a review. I guess just tweet at us. Yeah. Give us five stars both on Apple. Leave a review there. And then give us five stars on Spotify. And then just tweet us whatever you're going to write. Uh, and uh, with all of... That oh, we have to thank. We have to thank. We have to thank. Do you want to do it? Yeah, uh, we'd like to thank as a podcast, as a as a team, Rainbow Lithium for all the hard work that she did, giving us the wonderful artwork that we use in our uh, little box next to our podcast. That's she did. Do you ever? She drew us. Do you ever look at our logo and are just impressed (laughs) by both the artwork and the graphic design work on our logo? Yeah, I do. Often, oftentimes, Lexi, I, th- I look at that and I think, "What's reality? <laughs> and what? And what's our podcast artwork?" It gets so muddled. It gets so muddled sometimes, yeah. you know. And I have to really rely on the butterflies to show me which is which. Um, but yeah, if you like the podcast art, please uh, check out uh, Rainbow Lithium. If you like the graphic design, please check out Holden. That's me. Yeah, he did a really good I job with it. I did, yeah, I did that one, so please. Um, but that's all we have for you today. We have studied the Sakuga. I have this really nice vase for you to buy. Um, 
And we can consider this case closed. Are you sure? Yeah. The face is for you. How do we know when the... Oh, it's for me. Yeah. How do we... Well, how do you know? Oh. You know, I'm not seeing any butterflies of you. I guess it is made for me. Yeah, it is made for you. I... It's really big and heavy. Do I have to haul it all the way back? Yeah, you do have to haul it all the way back. Wait, come back! Stop, stop crawling through that little door that we came in through. I don't want to have to pay for this whole vase. Damn, I guess I really am living in the 